Good afternoon and welcome to SJ at Noon, your SJHL championship preview show. The scene is set. The Flint Flon Bombers, the Estevan Bruins to decide SJHL supremacy games one and two starting on Friday and Saturday at Affinity Place in Estevan. Rory McGoran and the man waiting over a thousand days for the return of SJHL championship hockey is the Nugs. The excitement's here. The teams have been decided and it's now four days away. Yeah, I cannot wipe the smile off my face. Roar, three years since the Battleford's North Stars hoisted the cup. I'm so excited. It's going to be great. And, you know, I'm, one of the things I'm very interested to talk to, I'm, I'm interested to talk to the, our guests quite a lot about a lot of topics. One of the things I'm very interested to ask Mike Reagan about is if there's any vindication about the fact that that Bombers team and that organization felt like they had such a great team. They felt like they had the team to do it couple of years ago mm. when COVID kind of ruined things for them. So I wonder if there's any vindication. There's so many storylines for this final, though. We're so excited, Rory, aren't we? And we have a great show. We will welcome in the head coach of the Flin Flon Bombers, Mike Reagan, and followed by the starting goaltender of the Estevan Bruins, Boston Belois, uh, following Mike in about 35 minutes' time. Yeah. But first, we want to go get your Sask Lottery's recap uh, of the final game that decided the series between the Flin Flon Bombers and the Humboldt Broncos, Nugsy another one goal game another one nothing game which is yeah. incredible to think there's two of them in this series in junior hockey you just don't see it that often anymore cal shell his second shutout of the season but the flin flon bombers get it done in five games and every game was decided by one goal i know game one was three to one but it was an empty net goal so it's a one yeah. goal game all five incredible series and your thoughts yeah and two one nothing games you know i was talking to a coach in the league uh, earlier today and he said you'd only need one goal to win a game I guess and I was like well that's what the Flynn Fun Bombers proved with two one nothing wins in this series and Jacob Vockler in that uh, in that game five three game winners this playoffs already yeah. young kid I don't know if we can fire up the goal that uh, he's the the one goal that he scored in that game but uh, you know Rory that, that series could have gone either way nice little play here and one of the things that I find really interesting about this play is Jackson Martin's really taking Sam Marburg out of the play on this uh, power play. Well, there's Martin's 18, takes him out there, and Marburg was supposed to be you know, over the other side to, to watch Vardy with the one-timer, and then Vockler tips it in. Neat little sneaky play there in the playoffs, but the margins are so small, and Rory, you called this whole series. The margins were tiny the whole series. Yeah, tiny the whole series. It's, it was crazy. You, you often you can find a series where one game is a standout, and you're like, wow, Flynn Flon dominated that game, or Humboldt dominated that game. This was a series. It could have been four nothing Humboldt, four nothing Flynn Could have been Humboldt in five, Humboldt in six, Flynn Flon in seven, Flynn Flon in six. It was wild because every game was a bounce away from going the other way. And in that one, you saw Jacob Vockler's goal at the side of the net. Vardy shoots it, goes off his leg, and passed Race Ramsey. That was kind of how the series was. And the Flynn Flon Bombers, though, you got to give a shout out first and foremost to Cal Shell. A 966 save percentage in that series, two shutouts, stopped 171 of 177 shots faced insane race ramsey on the other side was just as good about a 954 save percentage uh and then the defense for flin flon and this is what i really want to ask mike reagan when he joins us in about 15 minutes time is their ability to lock down the house was as good over the course of a series and to do it five straight games was mm -hmm. absolutely incredible humboldt had uh, immense difficulties getting in the house in the dangerous areas and really creating A-plus goal scoring opportunities. They just couldn't get there. Those 6-D for Flin Flon were 
excellent. Yeah. Well, you know, I talked to Braden Clamasco, uh, you know, earlier today on the phone, uh, the Battle for the North Stars coach, and of course the Stars were defeated by Flynn Flon in the first round. And I said, you know, what was it about the Bombers that made them so difficult for you guys to beat? And he said, you know, what you basically said there, it was hard to get on the inside, yeah. get those grade-A scoring chances, uh, and again, got to give the, the defense credit, got to give the team work ethic, the team ethic defensive a lot of credit. And the second thing he said uh, was that it was a hard thing for the Battleford's North Stars to establish the forecheck because they did such a great job managing the puck. LaPointe and Vardy and Rylan Thiessen and Tanchuk and these guys, you know, they, they didn't put up big numbers, Rory, but they managed the puck real well. There weren't a lot of two-on-ones, three-on-ones for the Humboldt Broncos either. Uh, what is it about Cal Shell and the Elgar Peterson Arena yeah. also that, yeah. and not only the Elgar Peterson Arena, the playoffs and his ability, uh, you know, big games make... Big players yeah. make big plays and big games, that, and Cal Shell yeah. was making big plays all over the ice. Yeah, think about this stat, folks. The Flynn Flon Bombers have given up 25 goals in the playoffs. They gave up 11 of them in the first two games. Yeah. So the last nine games, I'm bad at math, they haven't given up <laughs> a lot of goals. Uh, and in this series, where they gave up six. From the flip side, you know, Cal Shell deserves a ton of credit. Yeah. Why couldn't the Humboldt Broncos find a way to score more than six goals? Because the offense came so easily, it seemed, throughout the season for the Broncos. Yeah, I just think uh, whatever Mike Reagan and, uh, and, Cole, and Cole McKegg right yeah yeah i did uh for i thought i lost his first <laughs> i lost his first name for a second there i just want to make sure i get it right uh whatever they did to the structure wise uh standing up on blue lines especially when humboldt was was, was mm. had possession in the attacking zone it was all to the outside the defense did such a good job in front of cal shell and it was it was a plan that was executed in game one and it didn't veer off track once through game five it was near flawless and you just got to give a shout out to their ability mm. to shut down a humble broncos offense that many had one two in the league with estevan yeah boy oh boy and again <clears throat> boston below us has been very very good he's made some great great saves but that being said i do not believe for a second that it's fair to say that Cal shell stole this series i mean he had two shutouts mm. in this series two one nothing games you talk about him in the Elgar Peterson Arena, and you and I called that game years ago, the last game of the playoffs, the last time there was a playoffs, mm -hmm. when he stood on his head in game four for Flynn Flon, too. There's something about that rink. I think every team in the league comes into the Elgar Peterson Arena, too, and just looks around and says, wow, what a, what a rink and the history and everything, you know, with the, with the crash and the club and, um, and a team that, you know, everybody in the league wants to beat. Mm. Also, there's nobody needs motivation in this league to get in and face the humble Broncos. Let me let me let me be honest with you right there. But you know, clearly there's something about Kyle Shell that that loves it. You know, he hasn't had a game uh, with a save percentage under nine since that game two versus Battleford. It's a bit of a slow start. I'm interested uh, to hear Mike Reagan's perspective on what was the the switch that flicked. But I, w would you agree with me, Rory, that that Shell didn't really need even steal the series? Well, Shell had to be the best version of himself to yeah. win the series. Sure. I don't want to push it over the edge and say he stole it because everyone on Flin Flon was really good. Yeah. And I think for the Broncos, it was a bounce away in a couple of these games for for winning it and potentially tying it up 2-2, going up 3-1, right? They just didn't. Yeah. They, they couldn't get that secondary opportunity. So if Shell wasn't himself or it wasn't as good, I think the Broncos are, are making it a seven-game series. I think they, they can they, they're in it prior to falling down three games to none. 
You know what I mean? They're, they're making it more competitive in the opening three games. But Shell took those bounces away. The defense mm-hmm. took the bounces away. The forwards were covering on their assignments. So uh, he had to be that good to win, and he was. Yeah, yeah I also want to ask you about, and again, you were there. So in, there's only so much that it comes through on hockey TV or mm. through the screen. But, uh, you know, obviously everybody talks about the Whitney Forum and the atmosphere in Flin Flon yeah. and how much that means. You know, how much do you feel like that impacted the games up there too? In Flin Flon? In Flin Flon, yeah. Um, the, the atmosphere was was fantastic. The one game the Broncos did win was in Flin Flon in yeah. overtime, right? Yeah. Uh, atmosphere in both rinks were incredible. Yeah. Uh, of course, highest crowds, which you expect. It's now the semifinals yeah. of the series that both teams have seen all season long. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I don't take away anything from the Whitney Forum or the Elgar Peterson Arena because people showed up in droves. Uh, away crowds were, were visiting with good numbers as well. And uh, it provided just great hockey. And it's been a long time. We talk about... I mean, Nuxi, tomorrow, April 19th, is three years to the day since the Battleford's North Stars beat the Melford Mustangs in Game 5 to win the championship. It's been that long. So to see that influx of people and passion back in both buildings was amazing. Uh, I want to give a shout on the Humboldt Broncos side to Nick Shaw. Eric, the defenseman, took a slap shot to the face in the first period, not impeded at all uh, directly. Didn't know the extent, didn't look like he'd return. He did come back, played the second and third period, only later to find out he had shattered his jaw and was cut on the inside and outside of his face. Uh, But his mentality to come back, he's one of the eight 20-year-olds on Humboldt that graduating players, uh, direct West commitment to Trinity Western University. But that sort of inspirational play is is what you Mm want to see. I mean, I hope that he's you know, has a full recovery. I know he did go into surgery following the game, but his ability to come back with a shattered jaw and all that was, yeah. it, ju- it just showed how much that those 20 year olds were trying to keep the season alive. Yeah. Big time, big time kudos to all the, all the 20 year olds, obviously, you know, another round of applause for a historic season for race Ramsey. Yeah. Of course I uh, can't say enough. And we've said a lot about him and fair enough, you know, on this show, uh, race, uh, big time kudos again. Big time kudos to Eric there. And you go down the list, Morozov. And yeah, Karen all the, all the and, 20 year olds for sure. Yeah, so again, all, all of them deserve uh, a lot of kudos. And I also want to give kudos, and you kind of mentioned it there, that both in Humboldt and in Estevan, we saw, you know, even even uh, the Duncan McNeil Arena and Wilcox was packed in a way that I hadn't really mm-hmm. even seen it for the first round. I know Westland Arena and Yorkton was packed. You know, we, we look at the attendance uh, throughout the playoffs and again, I got to give everybody out there a big round of applause. Pat yourself on the back. There wasn't a game, Rory, in April so far that has, didn't have fewer, didn't have, there wasn't a game that had fewer than 1,100 fans. Yeah, it's wild. So people are always like, oh, kids have Netflix and so many <laughs> things to stream, blah, blah. The old guys like to sit around with their beers and, and their coffees and complain about the way things are. But, you know, I think the, the, the fans out there have shown, you know, there's brightness, at least here in Saskatchewan, Rory. The beauty that is this league and the love that people have for it in this province never ceases to amaze me, and I'm sure it's the same for you. Oh, Jay Jeffrey there, Cal Shell for Prime Minister. He's, he, he could probably run for, for mayor of Flint Flon right now. Might, sure. get a good, might get a good push. Yeah. Uh, we, I know we have our, our drove of Flin Flon fans there. It's Chris MacArthur, go Bombers, yeah. go. And they got a reason to be excited. When did you say the last time they won was 1993? Yeah. Mike Reagan joined the team in 2006. He, he's now, you know, fighting for another opportunity for his first SJHL championship. Uh, it's going to be a great series between the Flin Flon Bombers and the Estevan Bruins starting on Friday. Uh, the Humboldt Broncos, the last team now eliminated, we know that they lost a lot on the defense and they lost race Ramsey, the goaltender, but are you still looking at this humble Broncos teams as, as a team that 
is is poised for another run based off of the the 11 forwards that are coming back, Connor McGrath, Matthew Perkins, Alex Soretsky, mm-hmm. Lucas Ceccarelli. I mean, the list goes on, who are all in the top 20 of SJHL scoring. They're all going to be back. Uh, where, do you, where do you put them next year? I know it's very early to ask, yeah. but where would you kind of rank them next year? Yeah, I mean, I, again, I, I'm always very interested to see where teams land in the net. Like, that's where I kind of sure. start with my interest. I've yeah. heard Brett Mirwald's name thrown out there here and there. Obviously, there's other options. I, I watched McLaren Paulson really closely throughout the mid U18 playoffs uh, the Regina Patsies the local boy to Humboldt too I hear he's probably pretty close to connect connected to the Humboldt Broncos as well so yeah obviously they got a very good team Scott Barney knows how to put together a talented group and I'm sure you know he's a guy that's constantly learning trying to get better and you talked about you got a core there how many of those guys will be back how many oh, you know what you talk about a McGrath or a Perkins you know are those guys you know, D1 commits, are they coming back? They definitely could. I'd love to see it. We, do, we don't know at this point. It's obviously mm-hmm. it's too early. And, um, you know, Soretsky and kind of the list goes on. You know, Sam Marburg even, a Ceccarelli, a, Zil- a Zilke who had a great year too. So, again, there's lots and lots of guys that could come back, especially up front. But there's a lot of question marks on the blue line and in net. So you're not, you're so not, you're not going to try to rank them right now. It's impossible. <laughs> it's impossible. It's impossible. I'm big. I'm really big on uh, on Battlefords for next year, yeah. and that's all I'm start, going to say right now. Yeah, I, I think you have every right to be absolutely. Yeah. There's a bunch of teams that have built. Melville's going to be, uh, yeah. you know, they're going to catch people. Yeah. I wouldn't say by surprise. They've got a no. great group of young players oh. too. So um, yeah. yeah, absolutely exciting for a lot of these teams who are bringing back young talent into the league who now have experienced their first year of SJHL hockey. They'll yeah. they'll work into the next year. This is your Sask Lottery's recap as uh, the Flin Flon Bombers are heading to the SJHL Championship. Not only that, they're heading to the Centennial Cup Championship. We're going to have two interviews coming up soon and then we'll break in to the finals in uh, about 12.45 to wrap up your show. Right now, your question to the audience, who will win the SJHL Championship? 60% Flin Flon, 40% Estevan. We had a tally going beforehand, right. Nugsy. I know you uh, sent out messages to all the coaches around the league about their picks. Who did they pick? What was the consensus in the series between the coaches that got back to you? Well, you know what? I thought, Rory, just preamble, I thought everybody would pick Estevan, to be mm-hmm. honest. I thought it would be a pretty like clean sweep. I was completely wrong. It was <laughs> like of that. I, I texted all 10 that weren't involved, obviously not Regan and Tatarnik. Uh, but I, I eight of the 10 got back to me. So thank you to the eight of the 10. And um, the two of the two of you can still weigh wow. in and I'll fire that news out. But it, it was a, it's a dead, dead heat, Rory. It was four, four. four, four. Yeah. Wow. A lot of a lot of people were a lot of people are high on Flynn Flon. And, you know, they are a and we'll preview the style and what we think and break it down pretty, pretty minutely in a, a later in the show. But. You know they're they're kind of the the hockey purists team right now, right? The 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 defense, the heavy, the goaltending, you know. So phew, I you know dead heat, really cool. Well, thanks, Kathy, for for tuning in. Keep it rolling, Bombers. The final vote's going to go to you guys because the coaches are evened up four apiece. So we'll let that poll decide who uh, will take a little bit of momentum from the viewers into the SJHL finals. I believe we got 60 to 40 in favor of the Flin Flon Bombers right now. Uh, Don't be surprised if a few Estevan Mm -hmm. guys jump in. As we know, we got great followers from from both Estevan and Flin Flon who are obviously excited for the finals. And I'm going to take this time to to say that uh, we're going to – uh, pivot just for a, a few minutes from the finals. Nugsy's news and notes. Yes, a new segment. A new segment. <laughs> Nugsy's news and notes here as we are late in the season. I'm going to talk about a few things outside uh, the SJHL. First of all, Rory Alejandro Apud mm. of the Larange Ice Wolves and his team Mexico 
kick off their Division Two uh, IHF World Hockey Championships tomorrow in, in I- Iceland. In Iceland. Yeah against bulgaria that's cool I, I love international hockey oh, yeah. it's cool to cool to see an, L, an sjhl or put his put the name of the league out there isn't it rory yeah absolutely uh alejandro pood maybe uh, a lot of you don't recognize the name uh, played with the larange ice was up there all year uh, got a bunch of games in and uh, is a native of mexico and as nukes he says gonna represent his country yeah. at an international tournament awesome yeah awesome belgium iceland georgia mexico and bulgaria in this tournament so awesome to see those uh, teams do uh, also got to mention the Notre Dame Hounds U18s and the Warm and Wildcats U18s and the Sask U18 uh, finals. The Hounds Junior, uh, the Hounds U18s, part of me going for a three-peat. Uh, they're up two nothing in that series. Lots of future SJHLers in that, as we see a lot of we comments coming. Well, in. I was going to say the Bruins are going to be starting to come back here with some comments and there some votes in the hey, last two. We want to see full-out wars I'm, in the comment section. Absolutely. So let it go, let it go. <laughs> Uh, Andrea McCullough, never count the Bruins out. They've got this. Melanie Saplinski, go Bruins. Nobody is counting the Estevan Bruins out. If anybody, I thought maybe somebody might be counting out the, the Flynn Flon Bombers. But. You got an answer for that one from Dale? Is that AKC or what? In, well, in, for, since my I mean, time in of our being time, here. Yeah, yeah. Like, I've been here since 17, 18. It has to be. Austin King Cunningham. I don't know about you, but yeah, he'd be he'd be number one in my time since in the league. Yeah. Maybe Dale's got a, a, a different I'm opinion, sure. longer time fan of the Bruins or longer, yeah. more deep knowledge than, than we do of the Bruins history. Yeah. So, anyways, lots of future uh, SJHLers in that finals uh, on both sides for Notre Dame and for Warman. And then the last uh, news and note: the commitments. We love the Direct West commits yeah. here on the show and with the SJHL. Mark Rumsey. Has committed to the University of Saskatchewan. He's going to play nice. for ba- Mike Babcock. I asked Chance Petruick, uh, the Yorkton Terrier SJHL great, what he thought about playing for Babcock this year. And he said he loved it. He was very respectful mm-hmm. and did a great job. So uh, Rumsey's going there. And Riley Little to the Okanagan Lakers in the BC uh, Intercollegiate League nice. as well. So the Battlefords North Stars D-man. But those two, uh, you know, great uh, SJHLers for a long time. Good to see them get, get uh, rewarded. Hey, Rory? Absolutely. Uh, your Direct West commitments uh, for the week in Nugsy's News and Notes. Uh, that followed your Sask Lottery's recap. And now we'll take a break. And when we come back, it's the head coach of the Flin Flon Bombers, Mike Reagan. Then we'll have the goaltender of the Estevan Bruins, Boston, below us right after. Comments rolling. We'll be back with Mike Reagan on SJ at Noon. Welcome back to SJ at Noon. Rory McGoran, the Nugs with you on your weekly SJHL hockey talk. And now very happy to welcome in your Capital Auto Coaches segment, one half of the SJHL Championship Series, the head coach of the Flin Flon Bombers, Mike Reagan. Mike, thanks so much for joining us. How are things going up there in Flin Flon? Yeah, pretty good. Thanks, guys, for having me. Uh, we're looking forward to, obviously, getting this uh, Championship Series going. I can't imagine the excitement uh, with your locker room, with yourself, uh, the opportunity to not only win an SJHL championship, but now to represent the SJHL, one of two teams in the Centennial Cup taking place uh, in about a month's time. But let's start back and and work through the series that was with the Humboldt Broncos, and then we'll gravitate in towards Estevan and the excitement that comes with that. Your thoughts on that series? You guys get it done in five games, which was maybe earlier than a lot of people expected. But it was a series that every game was decided by one goal, extremely tight, hard to find offense, and uh, we'll break down a couple of the players. But overall, your thoughts on the, uh, the series and your victory over Humboldt? Yeah, it was a great series. I mean, it very easily could be Humboldt sitting here right now uh, winning that series, you know, four to one. Um, everything was so tight. And uh, I don't know, maybe 
part of me is thinking that the hockey gods uh, rewarded us for uh, maybe taking away uh, a pretty good opportunity at a championship two years ago. And, um, you know, it's just funny how things work sometimes, but uh, obviously we're, we're extremely excited about, uh, um, you know, moving on here and, uh, you know, that's a really good team that we beat in Humboldt. And I think that that gives us confidence going in uh, against Estevan here. You know, there was not a lot of separation between those two clubs in, in the regular season. So, you know, I think that our guys feel feel pretty confident that we're, we're um, you know, got a shot at this thing. And, uh, you know, we're uh, a team that uh, has played very well defensively and, and uh, guys have really bought in. Uh, I want to get to Cal Shell in a second, but you mentioned the defensive play, and that's where I want to jump into first. What did your guys do so successfully to lock down the house? Because it was apparent that Humboldt had a miserable time trying to get into grade A scoring opportunities. Uh, what can you say about your, your group of six defensemen that played all five games and their ability to just lock things down? Well, I can't give you our secrets there, Rory. Uh, <laughs> you know, we still got another series to play, but uh, no, uh, I think it's just the buy-in, you know, all year we, we felt that we have a, an amazing decor. This is probably the best decor that I've had in my 15 years here. And uh, we are very fortunate that a few things uh, landed in our laps this year with uh, Ryland Thiessen and then getting Xavier Lapointe, you know, um, you had two number one defensemen into your decor. And, and, you know, I told Nuge at the beginning of the year when he was talking about us uh, being a team that could score and maybe questioning our decor, uh, you know, that was the strength of our team. And then to add those guys, I think was huge, but uh, um, you know, just the buy-in, you know, the, everything's ramped up in the playoffs. And I think that our guys were just a little more uh, detailed in their structure and, and paying attention to, you know, making sure you're on the right side of your check and, and doing the little things right. And, you know, where maybe in the regular season, you, you get away with some, some mistakes, just a, a little bit looser hockey, but, you know, obviously I think the play of Cal shell is a big reason why we've moved on as well. How big is it for the belief of that defense core? Um, not to say that they didn't have it before, but to shut down a team like Humboldt now having to go up against a similar offensively talented team like Estevan, how big is it for the, you know, the belief in that decor that they can get that job done uh, nearly flawlessly? Yeah, I, I think it's huge. I mean, anytime you win a, a series, your team has to be confident. And uh, there are a lot of similarities between uh, Humboldt and Estevan. Like you take a look at the goaltending, two great goaltenders. You, they're probably both known for more of their offensive uh, um, play than, than their defensive play, but got great decors as well that kind of fly under the radar a bit and, and that. So we, we think that we're, we're playing a, a very, very similar team. Um, you know, and we had success against Humboldt and, you know, we, we believe we can have success against Estevan. We have a lot of respect for them. Obviously they, they've built for a national championship, but, uh, you know, we feel that, uh, you know, if we didn't hit that stumbling block there in, in February, we're probably battling, you know, for, you know, a top three position as well. Mm -hmm. And uh, so I think that our guys, uh, you know, believe that we should have been one of the top three teams in the league this year. And, uh, um, we're playing like that right now. Mike, uh, thanks so much for doing this. Uh, obviously, the team's putting their money where their mouth is. It's been a very long time since the Flynn Flon Bombers have won the SJHL. 1993 was the year. Talk about what this run means to the Bombers and also maybe some of your own memories being a Flynn Flon guy from that 93 win. 
Well, I, I tell this story all the time and, uh, you know, in, in game six, uh, 92, 93 uh, championship run, I was in the stands and uh, uh, Chris Constant of the Melville Millionaires came around the net and ripped a, a shot into the stands and it happened to hit me in the forehead. Mm. So uh, I 14 stitches, uh, you know, the, luckily the hospital's real close here to the Whitney and went up there, got stitched up and made it back for the third period and watched them win game six and and, and then eventually go on to win game seven. So uh, I, I wear the 92-93 uh, championship run on, on my forehead, uh, you know, since that day. So it, it, I don't know if that's a good omen or, or not, but uh, it's something I definitely always remember. And, uh, you know, we used to bill it uh, bombers when I grew up and that. So, you know, it's been a big part of my life, obviously. And, and um, you know, when the, the bombers returned from Melville at, you know, eight in the morning, uh, there was about 500 people outside the, the Whitney Forum parking lot waiting for the bus and that. So, you know, it's a special run. You know, the community definitely has uh, been uh, longing for this. And um, I think that, you know, we've had some good teams who, went to the the league final back-to-back years and and now three out of five years uh um that seasons have been completed so we we've we've been very close and uh we just got to get over that hump yeah for sure doing the research you know going into the finals i was kind of surprised that it'd been you know that long for flin flon given the teams that you put together that your predecessors put together so you know very interesting and you know last time we were here in the in the playoffs you know, you had that team with Refuse and and uh, Mallow and and Hula Villeneuve, and the list kind of goes on. An explosive team. It seems like you know you've done it in a completely different way. I don't know how you guys see it. Do you guys see yourselves as underdogs? And if so, do you embrace that? Yeah, we're fine with whatever title you want to give us. You know, I think that our our slump at the end of the year definitely had a lot of people questioning what we're capable of doing and and fair enough we deserve that you know we didn't perform the way uh we needed to we felt that uh you know there were certain things that uh caused that you know shell went down with an injury and uh wasn't healthy you know at the start uh, of the playoffs even i think he was just getting back into his groove um and uh you know so we feel that uh we deserve the the underdog tag, but, uh, you know, at the end of the day, I mean, it's two teams that, that are going at it in, in the championship series. And, uh, we feel that we're built differently than, than in the past. I mean, not, you're you're not always going to build the teams the exact same way. You got to make adjustments and our strength was our decor this year and our goaltending. And so we had to really round out our forward groups. And I, I, I think that, uh, you know, some young guys have really stepped up, uh, you know, the, the acquisition of uh, Zach Smith was huge for us. Um, I think getting Drew Kuzma, I mean, was huge for us. Um, you know, Jacob Bockler's been absolutely awesome for us here. And, uh, you know, we've had a lot of guys step up uh, throughout the playoffs. We've kind of had a, a different hero every night. But, you know, there's no question our, our strength of our team is goaltending and, and our decor. And where in the past, maybe it was, you know, the high octane uh, offensive like you said, Mallow, Refuse, uh, uh, Donnie. I, I mean, that 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 team up front was was unbelievable. You know, probably the best forward group that I've had. But uh, um, you know, it's like I said, you you go into every year and you've got to build your team a little bit different and play to your strengths. Uh, what about Drew Kuzma 
made him fit into your lineup so perfectly following the trade deadline when you acquired him from Weyburn? And how long did you have your eyes on him thinking, hey, this could be a piece that sort of culminates the group we're looking for to make a deep run? Well, I, I think I, I had my eye on him pretty early, you know, in the season. And, uh, um, you know, he's a big rig. He, he's powerful down low. He's, he protects the puck so well. Um, you know, he's a, he works extremely hard. And, and I think what the icing on the cake for us was uh, we played Weyburn, uh, a back-to-back series up here. And um, they were really shorthanded. And, and they ended up taking game one against us. And, and Kuz was unbelievable. And he, I, I don't know, he probably played like 42 minutes that night. I think <laughs> maybe had him out there every, every three seconds, but uh, you know, to me, I was like, okay, hey, this guy's a workhorse and, and he's a guy that we got to really target. And uh, he's fit in perfectly here with the group of guys. And uh, you know, he just comes to, to work every day. And, and uh, you know, we needed to add someone in our top six that was going to play a heavy game. And, I think we learned a lot from two years ago when you take a look at like Cole Refuse, big man. Um, Alec Mallow wasn't the most physical guy, but he's 6'3", 215 pounds. You know, Donovan Houle hit like a truck and, and was probably one of the most skilled guys in the league. So we had some heavy bodies uh, playing in our top six and we wanted to add a guy like that. And like I said, Zach Smith was one of those guys earlier on in the year and we felt like we needed to add another body very similar to that. And just maybe a guy that probably doesn't get the credit for being, you know, an offensive gifted guy. Um, but he does the little things right. And he plays like a playoff guy and, and mm-hmm. the way you need at this time of year. For sure. Mike, all year long, you know, we've talked about your power play. We've talked about Cole Vardy. We've talked about Xavier LaPointe, but if I were to say to you that you're at this point, in the season with them only having two goals between them, would you have called me crazy? What's kind of the key for those two guys and especially this power play uh, to really get going? Because you know better than me that if you're going to win in a finals when goals are hard to come by, grade A chances are hard to come by, your special special teams need to really be locked in. Yeah, I agree with you. I I, I think, you know, I I wouldn't have called you crazy, but uh, I, (laughs) I do think that, you know, I'm shocked that they haven't scored a little bit more, but in saying that, I mean, I mean, if you're, if you're going up against us, you're probably going to target Xavier LaPointe. You're going to try to take him away. And so other guys got to step up, you know, and everybody knows that Mercier led our team in points per game and, um, and that sort of thing. But playoffs is a different animal, you know, it's a different beast and and guys got to step up. And, you know, over the years, I've, I've learned a lot of, uh, you know, the success that you have in the regular season, doesn't always transfer to the playoffs and there's a lot of guys that play playoff type hockey in the regular season that that are gonna have to come through for you and and we've had that with our guys and you know so building your team is we I don't want to say we don't care about regular season success but we're kind of past that you know we've had some we've had good teams we know we're going to be in the playoffs and that it's about building a team that's going to be successful in the playoffs and and uh, for us we wanted to make sure, like I said, we had some big bodies that were, were going to be able to withstand the punishment of playoffs and, and go to the dirty areas and, and find those, you know, blue paint goals. And, you know, I think that that was huge for us in, in Battleford, in the Battleford series is we started to find a, a way to, um, you know, get in inside and, and score goals in, in the blue paint area. 
Uh, I, I got a couple more for you, Mike, before we let you go. Thanks so much for joining us. Uh, we, we can't leave you without talking about Cal Shell, first and foremost. 966 save percentage against Humboldt, two shutouts. What about him allows him to elevate his game in big games when they matter the most? Well, yeah, I, I mean, I, I think that uh, I guess we could start with the Battleford series. You know, he didn't get off to a great start in the first two games, but, um, you know, we know what what he brings to the table and we knew that he was capable of going on on a, a good run here. And uh, you got, got to stick with your horse and, and believe mm -hmm. in him. And uh, um, so once he got going, we, we knew that, uh, you know, look out, he just got started to get confidence and once we won uh, the game in overtime here, game four, I think you could just see it in him. And uh, <laughs> at the end of the series, I mean, when we we're hugging him, uh, I said to him, you know, I, I'm certainly glad that uh, you didn't play for Humboldt because you play amazing in this rink. And uh, I don't know what it is about the, the Algar Peterson arena, but yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, I, I mean, if if you could pick a barn for for the rest of the series to be played in, uh, you know the championship series, we'd like to play play in that rink because Shelley's certainly comfortable there. And um, you know, I I think that uh, I I don't know. I think it's a confidence thing. You know, he goes two years ago and and comes in for game four and plays absolutely amazing. And you know, it's just a, it, it's funny how the the brain works and and confidence is so big. And you know, he just probably goes back to that a lot and in you know his best game performed as a, as a bomber and so he feels comfortable in that rank and and I'll, I'll be honest with you I think um you know the win game five I think he was better than he was in in game four against Humboldt two years ago I mean he made some huge saves mm -hmm. uh, and it's a one nothing hockey game you know so obviously we needed him to make all those saves but he's he's been our MVP um he's he's a great goaltender um you know i mean he he broke a, an all-time bomber record for shutouts in a season that's pretty impressive when you mm -hmm. you think about this this organization's been around for 95 years mike thanks so much for joining us obviously the shhl championship finals start in estevan this coming weekend game one friday game two saturday congrats for making it congrats for being uh entered into the centennial cup as well best of luck this weekend and moving forward in the championship round yeah, thanks very much, guys. Look forward to seeing you guys. There was Mike Reagan, the head coach of the Flynn Flon Bombers. We'll take a break and bring back the netminder from the Estevan Bruins, Boston below us, next on SJ at Noon. Welcome back to SJ at Noon. Rory McGoran, the Nugs with you. Big thanks to Mike Reagan, head coach of the Bombers, for joining us before. And now we're welcoming in the other half of the SJHL Championship in our series preview show. It's the starting netminder for the Estevan Bruins, Boston below us. Boston, how are things going down in Estevan? You guys have waited a long time to uh, start the finals, which will take place on Friday. How anxious are you to get things going? Yeah, yeah, no, it's, uh, it was obviously uh, quite a bit of time off, a little unusual, but uh, a lot of excitement with the team and the town, and we can't wait to go. Uh, it's your super new player profile. Boston below us, of course, joining us from the Estevan Bruins. How has that wait been? Are, are you a goalie that's, you know, happy to get the rest? It's now, I think it'll be 15 days when we do get to it on Friday since the last time you've played, or would you maybe prefer to have it a little sooner and, and jump right back into the action? No, well, I think the rest is a, a good key. Our, our, 
our coaching staff has done a great job just handling our, our rest management mm -hmm. and then also adding practices when needed. So uh, it's been really beneficial uh, since the Orkin series. Boston, I want to talk about you just a little bit here. You know, you you know that I watched you a lot at the at the Regina Hub, and that was a bit of a weird situation, I think, for everybody. But uh, you know, just talk about the last two years. What a weird, weird kind of wild whirlwind this has been for you. And now you have this opportunity to play in a finals for the first time. Uh, how excited are you, especially given the wildness of the last two years with COVID and the, the hub and and moving on and everything. Yeah, yeah, no, I think uh, obviously hockey's a weird game and, and uh, you know, stuff happens. So, um, yeah, I had a connection with uh, Tartonic back in uh, when I was about 15 years old. And obviously I came here before the bubble and uh, it was great. They have a great arena, great city. Uh, I loved everything about it. So, uh, yeah, no, it was uh, easy for me to come here and, and play my 20-year-old season here. And, uh, um, yeah, no, it's it's been awesome so far. So, uh it's been great. We have a great team. That's obviously as a goalie, it's very nice. And uh, yeah, yeah, no, all has been good here. And uh, I've loved every second of it. Going back uh, even before the way to the first two series, a game uh, five victory against Notre Dame and then a sweep against the Yorkton Terriers. Where have you graded your game? Because again, like a lot of the players on your team, um, exceptional talent throughout the regular season, but it seems like you're on another level as well. 158 goals against average, 938 save percentage. So where do you gauge sort of how, how you're playing throughout the first nine games of the playoffs? Yeah, I, I think uh, my play is kind of a result, result of the team sometimes. Obviously, the team's playing awesome, and, uh, you know, I'm benefiting from that. So as a whole, I think, uh, you know, we have a lot of players firing on full cylinders, and, uh, you know, it's worked out good the first nine games. Yeah, Boston, I got to ask you about – uh, I guess the mentality, the the intangible side, because you guys have known that you were in the Centennial Cup all year long. So what has the challenge been like, you know, staying up for regular season games? You guys, you know, bulldoze your way through that. Staying up for playoff games, again, knowing you're in the Centennial Cup, no matter what, you guys have played hard throughout the playoffs. So what's it been like in that room to keep that mentality going that way? Uh, yeah, I think for every team, uh, the season's long and, and they go through adversity throughout the season. But um, for us, we, we obviously went through adversity and stuff like that. But we always had our eyes on the, on the goal being the Centennial Cup. We knew we were going to be there. So, uh, you know, we we're focused on that every day leading, leading up to it. So I, I want to also ask you about a teammate of yours again that was with you in the in the hub there with the Moostar Warriors. Uh, Nolan Jones, and I know we talked to Jason Tatarnik last week, and he talked about how Nolan kind of had to reinvent his game a little bit. You know, he was a tough guy in the, in, in the dub, you know, again, better than me playing behind him uh, and, you know, wanted to play a physical game here in the SJ, but he had that suspension earlier in the year with what happened to the showcase. How impressed have you been with Nolan and his ability to kind of reinvent himself uh, this year in turn into just kind of a, a safe, simple, smart, solid defenseman. Yeah. Yeah. No, honestly, I I've been with him uh, for two and a half years and uh, you know, he's tremendous this year. He's uh, literally a rock back there. He's tough, good player. And uh, yeah, no, uh, exactly. You hit the nail on the head. He's, he's been awesome this year and, and adjusted in a few areas and he's a great demon for us.
I'm going to umbrella it a little more and just talk about the whole defensive group. We we know how much praise the firepower of the Esteban Bruins get, but you're the goaltender. You're the one that plays behind the defense group of the Esteban Bruins. Do you feel that they're maybe still a little undercredited at what they've been able to do? Uh, yeah, I don't really hear what goes on about if they're undercredited or not, but they're, they're a good group. They're an awesome group. They've been, uh, you know, I think the whole defense goaltending, uh, Cam Herdlicka as well. And, and, the the six to eight D men have been awesome the whole year. And, uh, it's been a big part of our success. You know, there's goaltending defense and offense. And I think all of them have been pretty good this year. Well, speaking of goaltenders, uh, you're going up against one of the best in the league as well. And Cal Shell and the Flin Flon Bombers with game one and two starting Friday and Saturday. Does a battle with the other team's goalie when you go up against, you know, a, a guy who in your regard is one of the best in the league. Does that excite you? Like, do you do you try to one up each other uh, or, or not really? But like when you look at a Cal Shell, are you, you know, prompted to try to elevate your game as well and, and outperform him? Uh, uh, talking about him personally, no, not at all. Uh, I just want to beat the Flynn Flynn Bombers and I'm not trying to be cliche with that, but I'm not trying to beat one guy. We're trying to beat them as a team. So yeah. Yeah, for sure. Last one for me, uh, Boston, appreciate your time. I know you just came off the ice. So thanks to you and to coach Tatarnik too, for, for uh, letting us borrow you for a bit here. You know, a lot is made, uh, especially here in the SJHL about the Whitney forum and the zoo and, you know, that, that atmosphere up there, what that all means to, to the locals there in Flin Flon, you know, talk about how excited you are and your feelings maybe about, you know, going up there and playing in that, uh, in that specific atmosphere. Yeah, I, I think the, it's exciting whenever you get in the finals, it's, it's two of the best teams. And uh, obviously we went up there earlier this season. It's, it's a great arena. It has a, you know, a lot of energy in it. It's a smaller ice surface and uh, it's an awesome place to play. Yeah, no, I think it'll, it'll be great for Flin Flon, Estevan and, you know, everyone involved. Yeah, Affinity Place will absolutely be rocking in games one and games two. We've talked about the weight. Uh, you know, you're happy to get the rest in. The team's happy to make sure fully healthy heading into the finals. What has uh, sort of the preparation for the Flin Flon Bombers looked like? Because now we're we're four days away from puck drop. So how are you guys gearing up and preparing for the SJHL championship? Yeah, um, you know, I don't want to give too much of our preparation. <laughs> no, uh, I think we... We started a little slower, took our rest, uh, you know, after that Yorkton series and, you know, ramped it up a bit. And, um, you know, it's I think it's just day by day getting ready for Flynn Flon and um, comes Friday, we'll be ready to go. Awesome. Boston, uh, congratulations. The Estevan Bruins had a, you know, they had a goal at the beginning of the season, even though they knowing they're going to be in the Centennial Cup. You guys are one step closer. So congratulations for that. Best of luck in the finals and best of luck. Uh, continuing in Estevan in the Centennial Cup. Awesome. Thank you a lot for having me. Thanks, guys. Our pleasure. There was Boston below us with your Super U player profile. Well, we heard from Mike Reagan. We heard from Boston. And now it's our time. We'll break into the final series next on SJ at Noon. Mayfair Diagnostics Regina, located at Albert and Dudney, a compassionate and local medical imaging team offering x-ray, ultrasound, and MRI services in Regina since 2011. Walk in for x-ray or call to book ultrasound and MRI. 
Welcome back to SJ at Noon. Rory McGoran alongside the Nugs with you. And uh, big thanks to our guests this week of the Flynn Flawed Bombers, head coach Mike Reagan with your Capital Auto Coaches Talk. And then your Super U player profile, Boston Below us, the starting netminder for the Estevan Bruins. Nugsy, those are the two teams. And it's now time to get into your CAA road report with the SJHL Championship Finals. I know you and I kind of want to break it down a little more than just Flynn Flawed against Estevan and the intangibles. Let's start it off with the four forward group and please comment along who you think uh, maybe has the edge in forwards and defense and goalies and special teams and then an X factor as we try to break through this CA road report in about six minutes let's start with the forward group any newsy notes and who's got the edge <laughs> well could uh, can we put through up the uh, scoring leaders uh, here there's a there's one logo that is very pervasive on this there's lots of yellow lots on of yellow. there uh, seven of the top ten in the SJHL playoffs right now are Estevan Bruins. Eight goals for Eric Pierce, four in each series. His consistency, Rory, has been uh, really spectacular. On the Flin Flon side, three game winners for Jacob Vockler. You see Gabriel Shippers really broken out too. Uh, you know, very interesting to see if, uh, you know, a guy like Cole Dupero, who's back from injury, if he can be an X factor. Mm-hmm. Uh, very interesting uh, to see how the Flynn Flon Bombers can find a way to score a little bit more. We talked about how the Broncos had a hard time scoring on the Bombers. The Bombers only scored 10 goals in the five games, too. So that's not a ton. Mm-hmm. But uh, what are you looking for in this matchup of forwards? Yeah, yeah. I mean, you mentioned Olivier Poulier and Mark Rumsey are the first two you have to mention. They're the leading scorers in the playoffs, uh, among the leading scorers in the SJHL throughout the regular season. I'm looking to see if the Estevan Bruins have a little more success than the Humboldt Broncos do, breaking through mm-hmm. in uh, grade-A scoring opportunities. I think both teams, though, are able to roll all four. I would give the edge to Estevan yeah. more um, high firepower coming from a lot of those players, Pierce, Houck, um, you know, can't even count out Fitzpatrick and their, yeah. you know, their, the talent that's grown up in, in, in the Estevan Bruins. But uh, slight edge to Estevan on the forward unit. Yeah. Hey, how do you cover all those guys? Cody Davis, yeah, Keegan yeah. Little. The list goes on. You know, again, then another guy that I think could really be an X factor up front for Flynn Flon. Don't say his name that much, but he's so been so big for them all year, literally and physically, is Zach Smith, their captain, the Red Deer, former Red Deer Rebel. A great pickup for them as well and been a leader for them too off the ice. So whew, it's going to be very interesting up front. But yeah, you're right. Give Estevan the edge. Let's go to the blue line. Uh, the defense group of the Flin Flon Bombers were exceptional against the Humboldt Broncos. The defense group against the the, uh, the Estevan Bruins, I think, still a little unheralded. Yeah. Uh, they're as complete as any group that we've seen in the league. Where do you match these groups up against? Yeah, is there a more underrated, underappreciated defenseman in the league than Dayton Deeks? I mean, you, talk, you mentioned his name to Jason Tatarnik and he beams, and he's been an Estevan Bruin for a long time. As much as we talk about this Estevan team being one that's been put together for the Centennial Cup run, Dayton Deeks has been there since 1920. So underappreciated, but third in D goals in the regular season, fourth in points, and he's been great in the postseason. So, you know, I talked about Nolan Jones earlier in the show, how he's really reinvented himself too for Estevan, been fantastic. Only eight penalty minutes in 2022 for a guy that, you know, used to think, oh, could he do anything other than be a tough guy? He He can. He's shown he can do a lot, right? So great point, great, 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 uh, you know, foundation for the Estevan Bruins. You know, Kean Calder and uh, Damon Byers have had really good playoffs as well. So uh, the Estevan Bruins very unheralded. On the flip side, Rory, lots of star power for the Flin Flon decor. 
Yeah, Ryland Thiessen, Xavier Lapointe, Cole Vardy, uh, Reese Richmond. Like, yeah, the list, the list goes on. Lucas Fry and Corey King, the other yeah. pairing, were fantastic. I, I'm going slight edge to Flinflon yeah. on the blue line. Yeah, for me, the, the edge is a little bit more than slight for Flint Flunt. I just think there's so many good pieces. This is, you know, you heard Mike Reagan say this is maybe the best decor he's had in Flint Flunt for a long time, and they are just excellent. Ryland Thiessen has taken a huge step. Uh, obviously, longtime Western Hockey Leaguer started the year with the Swift Current Broncos. Uh, you know, big, big part for him. And, um, you know, Clark, Chris MacArthur says, numbers are deceiving when you look at the caliber of teams. The teams have played against kind of like apples and oranges. That's an interesting point, of course. When you're the five seed, like the Flin Flon Bombers are, yep. you're going to have to face, you know, what you there's, say. There's is no argue about it. Flin Flon is more battle tested in yeah. the playoffs. Battleford's yeah. and Humboldt was it was a tougher matchup for the Bombers than Estevan had with Notre Dame and Yorkton. Yep. Uh, however, way you look at it, that's just the fact. And Estevan's also been waiting a little bit longer. Flin Flon. So there, there's a lot of storylines that you can um, sort of bring into it in terms of their their playoff journey so far. Yeah, absolutely. And the last point I'll make about the decor is. Uh, you know, we, the Bombers did rely on their power play a lot during the regular season to score goals. They haven't done it really this postseason so far. Two goals on 31 times shorthanded against for Estevan. So their penalty kill has been fantastic. Uh, but Vardy and Lapointe, only three points each throughout this postseason. You'd expect them to be, you know, elevate a little bit more, especially since they've been split up on the power play, which is pretty interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, so going to be interesting to see. But, of course, they got that goal by Vockler on a power play uh, in game five. So a good matchup uh, all the way around. Goaltenders, Cal Shell against Ooh. Boston below us. No argument. Those are the starters. They'll be in the net for, I mean, barring an injury or something happening, uh, the whole series for both teams. Who's got the edge in net? Oh, it's t- yeah, it's you, really tight as well. You flip a coin. I think this is the toss-up of all toss-ups between below us. My question for you is, does below us have an edge because of the rest, because of the fewer shots he's faced? You know, a hundred fewer shots plus than Cal Shell, or does he, or does Shell have the edge because he's actually been in the heat? Uh, I'll tell you what, Boston below us will need the rest because Flintflon puts up about forty-four shots a game yeah. uh, every game. So yeah. uh, there's plenty of rubber going to be coming his way. Again, I think it's a coin toss. What Shell did in the second round, I think, separates him. Just like our poll right now, maybe a 56 to 44. It's in favor of the Flynn Flon Bombers. A one vote might swing that yeah. to 50 50, and then we got no mm-hmm. decider. But I think that's the same yeah. as the goaltenders. They're equally as good. Well, as Shell, like a lot of goalies, love the rubber. And what we saw in the regular season matchup between these two teams, they played four times, different divisions. Uh, three of the four games, Flynn Flon outshot Estevan. You don't say that too often. The one game that Flynn Flon won, Rory, if you can guess. The one they were outshot? The one that. The Bombers were outshot, yeah. interestingly enough. The, the Bombers put 42, 34, and 34 shots. Those three games they lost. Uh, and then they were in the 20s for the game they won. So interesting interesting there how much you look into shots on goal. Obviously, the, you think about the quality. But that being said, again, I think it's a real toss-up between these two veterans. X-Factor, your Martin yeah. Jelena of the series, your Fernando mm. Pisani. Yeah. Who do you got? Yeah, well, again, from the, from a Flynn Flon perspective, I'm very interested to see with Brett Wechester not not in the lineup. I'm sure he heard it seems like a pretty bad injury against Humboldt. Hope he's back. Hope he's okay. But if he's not, uh, I expect a guy like uh, Mason Kaspik, uh, veteran guy, big guy, blue paint. The Estevan Bruins are going to be paying a lot of attention to Drew Kuzma. Uh, so I, I'm going to look for Mason Kaspik uh, to step up for Flynn Flon. Who you got? 
Uh, I'm talking about step up, I don't think you can label him as next factor. He's the best defenseman in the league, but I think he only has three points in, yeah. in 11 games in the playoffs. I think Xavier LaPointe's going to need to contribute a little more offensively, but uh, the way they're playing defense, I'm not concerned about that. They're, they're spectacular, but if he can maybe pop a goal in or, or you know set up the like he did to Jaden Mercier for the game-tying goal against Humboldt with five seconds left. Uh, it's going to go a long way for the Flin Flon Bombers trying to, trying to upset the Estevan Bruins. They are the underdogs yeah. heading in, no question about it. Yeah, for sure. And then for an X factor for Estevan, you know, a guy that generates so much without finishing as much as I would have liked, and he'll be back another year, I, I hope, and would like to see Cody Davis for the Estevan Bruins, as fast a skater as there in the SJ might win a fastest skater competition. We talked about that, you know, weeks ago, who might be the fastest player in the league, but Cody Davis is certainly up there. Uh, and I'm waiting for him to make a big impact this playoffs for Estevan. And I think, you know, he, it's going to matter a lot for him being a local guy, a longtime Estevan Bruin in this finals. So Cody Davis is my X factor for Estevan. This was your CA road report. Uh, take a look at the poll. The Flin Flon Bombers with 56% are going to get the deciding vote. It's now 5-4 for the Flin Flon Bombers. Uh, it's new his favorite part of the show it's prediction time before we wrap it up who do you got you can pick a game as well oh you're on the clock i'm on the clock oh man could we get some um, some epic music here uh you know what da, 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 there we go got it from tanner you know what i think the estevan bruins oh it hurts I, the Estevan Bruins have just a little bit too much firepower. I'm st I'm a little concerned that Flynn Flon can score enough goals, Rory. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to say Estevan in six. What do you? I, I'm going to go seven, and I'll, I'll give it to the Bruins uh, okay. taking the SHL championship game. But I think this series is going to go seven. So it's, any, no. it's anyone's ball game in, 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 in seven games. But, uh, again, thanks for Mike Reagan for joining us. Thanks for Boston Belois. Best of luck to the two teams that are now in the SJHL Championship. They're also going to be in the Centennial Cup. Games one and two in Estevan Affinity Place on Friday and Saturday. Then up north in the Whitney Forum on Tuesday and Wednesday for games three and four. Enjoy the finals. It's been a long time, 1,100 days since we've had the final of the SJHL hockey back here in our lives. We're very excited. For it, and thanks for you for listening to another edition of SJ at Noon. We'll be back next week, next Monday, right here on SJ at Noon.